I don't think people that are out east and live in exciting cities understand that if if you've got like a bowling alley in a movie theater, we'll make it work. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you know, it's not a big deal for us, you know. Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 26 of season three of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. Rob Gilreath, yes, and Matt Cavender. Hello, everyone. Now, this week we decided to go without a guest while we end up recapping the CCHA semifinals, talking about this week's Joe Sean Hour, uh, running through pairwise probabilities and some regional information. Anything else you guys want to talk about this week, other than maybe my hand? We gotta we gotta pepper in you losing your fight to the nail gun at least yeah, once. I'm sure we do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the power right. tools fought back at Tim's house this week. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been a crappy week, which all of you probably saw the tweet that uh, resulted from the end of that week. So we can probably talk about that at some point, too. All right, let's do the thank you notes. Let's a brief note from our sponsors. and We'll get back and check about last week's games. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at FibkeDental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E Dental.com. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at livoniatech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A tech dot net. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, welcome back. Let's get right into things. Um, I guess we can just start with the disappointment of Saturday. Um, I know uh, I voiced my frustrations on Twitter after the game um, because I'm trying to reconcile how much it's going to cost me to get to one of these regionals and whether or not it's worth it with how the team played Saturday. What a lot of it too, is they played close for what? 45 minutes, 50 minutes before it kind of the wheels fell off in rapid succession there. Um, I think the hardest part for me is I thought Michigan tech did play a really good game. And Bliss got that first goal, and then they turn around and make that mistake to give up the tying goal so fast. Like, I don't even think the Misfits were done cheering in celebration of the goal or, like, the Let's Go Huskies right after they finish the the goal celebration that, like, almost immediately after that, they give up the tying goal, like, a minute and a half later or something. And that's just deflating when you finally break that tie, get the lead, and then it just kind of fell apart after that. That that was tough. And I know I've gotten a decent amount of flack on Twitter for saying that I don't know if I want to go to regionals now. Uh, but it's not like you're, any of them are drivable. You're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, you're, no. you're not wrong for one reason. And I mean, I come back to both the 
podcast and the website, the blog. I mean, we're neutral. I mean, we're, we're obviously tech fans. We're an independent. We're, indi- we're independent. Yep. And I, I don't think it is in anybody's best interest for us to be cheerleaders, right? No, I, I we are we not. Could... We are not here to carry the water of the university and exactly. promote what they a positive voice all the time. We have to be. I feel like the reason people listen to us is because we're not cheerleading. We're, we're not afraid to say something's not working right now. And, and that doesn't mean that we're not rooting for the team or we're not supporting the team. It's yeah. just calling I'm watch. the actual situation, right? Yeah. It's No matter when this game happens, I'm going to turn on, I'm going to stop working and I'm going to watch the game. I'm going to pay attention and I'm going to root for the team, but that I is, I already a, took my time off. I'm going either way. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, me too. I, I don't yeah. have to do that. I, I don't even, I don't even think it's all that deep. Rob, that's, that's a sunk cost fallacy. You can still just stay home and relax. You nope, don't have nope. to spend thousands of dollars on hotels, rental cars, and flights. Yeah, and like to back it up, to me, it's not that deep. If if you're going in with shaky confidence in how the team is going to do in the tournament, and in order to get there, just from my experience from Grand Rapids, it's going to cost me five hundred plus dollars to fly anywhere, and that's before thinking about tickets or hotels or rental car which I'm going to do because I'm an idiot. It's a lot easier to be an idiot spending money when you're your age and, and no kids. Yes, and, and I have plenty of time to recoup yeah, that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah. It's, it, it's to me, it's very understandable to be a, a, like in that situation and to be apprehensive about dropping that kind of money if you aren't convinced that first game is going to be at least competitive. Yeah. When, and I... It's not that I don't think it'll be competitive. I think it will. But as we've said, especially the last couple weeks, my attitude has gone from, I don't, I don't know what it's gone from, but my attitude lately has been that this team can play with anybody, including Michigan, Minnesota State, Western, Denver, whoever. But... That feels very, very different from finding that extra step, that extra gear, that extra whatever to actually win it. And they haven't shown that at all this year against any of the good competition they faced. And I'm not trying to take away from Bemidji and Northern and Lake State and Bowling Green but like you can't you can't compare those to the fact that they played a de- depleted Michigan and tied them they played uh, Minnesota State four times scored first three times yet didn't win a single one of those games or even force a shootout uh and some of that is three on three and we don't have to worry about that anymore but like the simple fact that I think somebody pointed it out and I haven't double checked this, but it feels right from what I recall happening. Michigan tech has had a lead in the last what eight games. And none of those games did they win in regulation. So you can't, when you're, when you're getting pushed to the brink by Ferris state and St. Thomas, and Minnesota State, but not finishing the deal till overtime or shootout in any of those games, it just, it's really, really hard for me to be like, I'm all in, push my chips into the table. I'm flying to Albany, Worcester, Allentown, wherever the hell I have to go to watch this team on three days notice by the time they announce on Sunday morning where we're actually going. Because as we just got done going through an exercise, like there's a lot of different ways this could go because there's no Eastern teams in the top four, maybe even eight, depending on how this plays out other than Quinnipiac. Like it's really, really hard for us to know what the hell the committee's going to do when they can kind of do whatever the hell they want with anything that's not Loveland. Right. So yeah. even going into Sunday, I'm not going to know necessarily where. 
Now, will I go? Probably, because I know no matter what, Rob and Matt are going to be there and I'm going to have a fun time, right? Like, it's going to be fun, but like, it's a lot of money. And it's not like, like, uh, I actually feel a lot more confident going, Rob, if your brother can't go, because at least I know I have somebody to share a room with and share a car with (laughs) and all that stuff. Like, we'll figure it out. But if it's just me and I have to do all that stuff on my own, yeah, that's a lot of freaking money. With with how close those three regionals are, I have a feeling I'm gonna be driving around like a dumbass to maximize yeah, my college yeah. hockey. Well, that's why I said like no matter uh, what, I mean, like I like and that's, I think we'll see, that's another thing about they, they like, might sunk under cost. they might underestimate like how dumb some of us are yeah. <laughs> when it comes to if Michigan Tech ends up in Albany or Worcester, I'm probably watching all of those games. You can put if us I'm, in the Guantanamo Bay regional. I'm going. <laughs> Well, but I mean, like, but I mean, like, Worcester, Worcester to Albany is like an That's hour tropical, and a half. Though that doesn't right? really count. Yeah, <laughs> even yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely Allentown. I don't know what I'm gonna do because I really don't want to have to drive around New York City on the off on the day. I had a question. What is right. the um? What is the is is, is Allentown a Friday Saturday or Saturday Sunday? Allentown well, is early, early three days. Thursday. It's three days now, right? Yeah, so it's Thursday, yeah, Saturday, it's, and it's... Friday, Sunday. Right, Allentown, so Allentown and Worcester are Friday, Sunday. Friday Albany Sunday. and Loveland which, are Thursday, which, Saturday. Which means if you're going to Allentown, you almost have to book a flight Friday to Monday or Friday to super late Sunday, right? Yeah. Well, that's. I think we were already talking about... Um, like, I think Rob and I were both talking about booking a flight to, like, Newark or Hartford for that that works for all three East Regionals. Like, we wouldn't come home till Sunday no matter what. Or Monday, I mean. No yeah, I'm, I'm coming yeah. home on Monday no matter what. Yeah, I, have, I already booked my PTO to be Wednesday to Monday. So I was picturing that Wednesday to be, like, leaving and that Monday to be, like, getting back. <laughs> I, I didn't take Wednesday because I think I'm going to try to do a, a- – but ass early flight on Thursday if I have to out of Chicago. Yeah, I got to talk to my ex about Wednesday night, Thursday morning if it's uber early. Because yeah, if I have to, I'll, I'll do a super early flight out of Chicago and drive to Chicago because it's like three hours to O'Hare for me from here, and fly that way to get to wherever I'm going. Uh, anything else from the Joe Sean hour you guys want to talk about, or anything from the game in Mankato? Mankato put up the touchdown. I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> yeah, Mankato. Oof. I feel. I feel like. Um, I feel like uh, Patelny after the game should have pulled a Denny Green and said they are who he thought they were. Yeah, I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> put up. What was it? Eight. Yeah, they they converted for the two point conversion too. That was tough. Yeah. On the Joe Sean hour, I gotta find this now from our Discord because somebody's quoted like the part that was my favorite part of the show i can oh yeah so at the end of the uh the show this week dirk asked joe for his opinion on like who's gonna win like did he have an opinion on bemidji state minnesota state i don't remember what he said about that one then he asked him about the nchc teams and joe was basically like i haven't paid enough attention like i'm not worried i'm not focused on them i haven't i don't no. And then he asked him about the Minnesota Michigan game. And before he could even finish asking the question, Joe said, I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Which I yeah. thought was like priceless. Like, I don't really give a shit what happens with Michigan and Minnesota. I mean, both of those are tournament teams. Yeah. Why do we care? You know? well, but we don't care. But it was more like, don't bring up Mel. I don't care to me. That's that's how I took it. It was like don't ever talk about Mel here. <laughs> That's the way I prefer to take it. Yeah. Like, I don't care what happens to Michigan. It doesn't affect me at all. Screw them. I'm surprised he didn't say, like, I hope Minnesota wins. But but I'm guessing that's kind of hard for he's, even a... Uh, he's uh, learning that bit of restraint. Which yeah. We all, hope, we, all, we all hope Minnesota wins, but yeah, Joe doesn't need to be the one to say it. We can say nope. it. No, I can go finally find that gopher sweatshirt I keep talking about. <laughs> yeah, I just thought this it was would be really a good great weekend. He just it. said, I really don't care. And I think that's like the perfect name for this week's episode. So, all the people on the video, 
at home that all uh how many That's of you six of you there. that get to watch there you go there's there's all the the potch marks in my fingers oh wow that doesn't even look that bad anymore no. <laughs> even like already look, yeah it's ridiculous like, i expected way more bruising yeah the yeah, mobility for, for is basically like that oh, that's, oh yeah. that's not bad yeah these fingers are all good it's basically just from this knuckle this knuckle sore from healing and then this part is all tight i think from how much lidocaine or whatever the hell numbing agent they stabbed in me like 12 fucking times so like you can see how well you probably can't see because i don't think it's focused enough to see you that can like, see you can see good enough like for the fact like that the, you had a nail i was trying to show up how like fingers. it's a really a missed opportunity that it wasn't you didn't go through your middle finger right so you couldn't have... yeah just oh he's <laughs> yeah. gonna do it anyway cool but the yeah, you can't really see it on the on the camera, but like the the biggest thing is from my knuckle from here to my wrist, like that whole stretch of skin is like dried out and like bad. How but did honestly, it's, straight through the bone. I don't know. I don't know because how I sure missed it. Like, it sure looks like it should have went straight through your bone there. I know. And I, I don't know how it didn't. I honestly have no idea how it didn't shatter the knuckle. Or tear one of the tendons, ligaments, whatever it is in there that allows me to bend my finger. Because while I was all numbed up after they took the nail out, they had me do all this to like show everything could articulate properly. And while it was like numb where I couldn't feel the discomfort of bending it, it all worked fine. So that's crazy. Just I, wild it, all the way around. Where those yeah. marks are, I, I you would have, I'd have bet a lot of money it went straight through the bone. Yeah, I would have also, and we both would have lost. The, on, the only reason I didn't think it did is because it didn't hurt more. <laughs> 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 well, if you if you sent a nail that big through the, your finger bone, your finger would be flopping there because there'd be nothing to like, there'd be no yeah. structure left. Like, yeah, it wouldn't put a hole in the bone; it would just shatter it. Before we move on too much further, I, I guess this is another tangent, I guess, but um, you mind telling the story of how you lost your fight? <laughs> I guess. So um, I have started the process of remodeling my basement bathroom. I bought the stuff like the vanity and the tub surround uh, and the vanity top and all that stuff before COVID hit. It's just been sitting in my basement waiting to be installed. And the whole reason it got delayed so long is I had a plumber lined up who was reasonably priced and he uh, fell through because he got too busy working for like uh, rental property companies and just got too busy to do side jobs. So from that point on, I was kind of like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't want to spend a hundred some bucks an hour for this work. Cause I know it's going to take them time to bust the floor, redo the pipes. Cause there's, there used to be copper lines for a water softener and then the drain from my kitchen sink and the slop sink in the laundry room are both piped through the wall there to go into the drain right there. And it's in the way to put in the shower where I want. So it all had to be moved to maximize the space I have. And I don't want to do drain lines myself, especially drain lines that are in the floor where I won't know I did something wrong till my basement floor collapses. So I, uh, I met a girl on a dating app. She was talking about how some handyman came over and fixed something. So I asked her for the dude's name uh it didn't work out between her and i but i have the handyman's name and he came over and gave me a quote that was really reasonable so i uh i got him set up he came over and redid the uh the copper piping and uh so after that i uh ripped out the shower on sunday and then after i ripped out the shower on sunday i went to menards to go buy all my supplies to do the the framing of the new bathroom and I called up one of my dad's buddies who used built houses for a living to find out like what nails I should buy. And him being the house builder he is, he was on the phone with me. He's like, you're not going to use a framing nailer. That'd be so much easier. 
And I was like, eh, I guess I could go look. So I walked back to like the framing nailer aisle at Menard. Well, first I went to go see how much it was to rent a pass load. Uh, like just some famous last words here. A portable. You know, yeah. I, 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 I've used a pass load like portable framing nailer before with like the, the compressed cylinder instead of like attaching it to a compressor. Um, but it was like $20 a day or $20 for four hours. And then so much after that or whatever. And then I looked and I was like, I know I'm not going to get this done quick enough for that not to cost me a decent amount of money. So then I went back to the Menards aisle where they have the, the framing nailers and they had one on sale for like a hundred bucks. Plus it was 11% rebate. So I'm like, Oh, it's like 90 bucks for a framing nailer. I already have the compressor. That's not bad. I can do that. And then I bought the nails for it and I came home and, uh, got it all hooked up but then monday night uh sunday it was too late to get started i just didn't feel like it because it had been a long weekend uh so then monday i was supposed to i was going to get started on it but we had the podcast and i had a date beforehand um so then tuesday rolls around and i'm like and the plumber's supposed to come on wednesday to do his next step which is bust up the floor and set the drain for the shower and i'm like eh I guess I got to get this going. So I wanted to start in the afternoon. So I kind of just took a break from work at like two o'clock in the afternoon to start it. And I got the compressor in here. I cut the lumber for like a little 24 inch long chunk of the wall, because it's basically what I decided I would do is frame up. Uh, so part of the plumbing is still going to have to be like encased in the wall and through the floor. So I was just going to build a wall to the left of it, a wall to the right of it, and then put like, two by four chunks in between the two pieces to stabilize the wall as one piece, but there wouldn't be a chunk on the floor. So it'd be two separate pieces with a couple uh, support pieces in the middle. So I had like the 24 inch treated piece for the floor, the 24 inch piece for the top and three two by fours for the, for the rest. And I got the framing nailer all set up and I'm leaving out one detail on Sunday, which I learned on Tuesday after getting x-rays with the nails in my finger, I actually broke the tip of my dominant hand index finger with on the snowblower on Sunday. And I talked to my nurse friend and we looked at ice center pictures, I actually video chatted with her. And she's like, there's nothing they're going to do other than tell you to ice it and elevate it. Cause it's not the rest of your finger and it doesn't look bad. They're not going to, if it is broken, they're not going to, there's nothing else they can do besides maybe splint it, but it doesn't look bad. So there's no reason to do anything. So just ice it and take it easy. But because I had done that, I was trying to operate the nail gun with my left hand. Which was mistake number <laughs> That'll do it. four. I don't know. Seven, whatever. So I'm trying to operate mistakes after you bought the nail gun. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I've used one before. It's not the problem know, is, know, is I'm I taking know. it out of my dominant hand. I'm trying to rush to finish the job because the plumber's coming and I should have it done. Right. I'll get to the best part. Of, well, there's, there's a couple best parts of the story, but so I'm, I'm trying to get it done. I got everything cut. So I've got the three, the five boards laid down on the floor and I start nailing the first two together. Well, actually I tested the nail gun on one of the, the crap two by fours that used to be in the old bathroom and it worked fine, but it did double tap. Like I explained this to Dustin, it double tapped on the practice one. I was like, Ooh, I got to be careful of that. And 10 fucking minutes later, I was not careful with that, but so I'm, it's on the floor. Like I've got the two, two by fours lined up the way I want them. And the first one goes fine. The second one went fine. And the third one is a edge piece of the floorboard. I think I can't remember if it was the floor or the top, but it was the edge piece of the board and the end piece of the thing. And because it's the end piece and the, and the way it is, instead of having the nail gun like vertical with the head down, where if it did skip, it's going like down instead of sideways. Like, you, do you understand what I'm saying? I don't have anything to show here. So the nail guns like this, right? Like it's pointing this oh. way. So don't pick up the nail gun and do a repeat. We don't need no, that on video. I just that would I be had, pretty like, funny. I mean, as awful as it would be in real time, that would be really like funny to look back on. As a as a general rule, I try you know I try to keep hand two away from hand one that has the nail gun in it. I agree. 
Uh, so you don't end up with nail through hand uh, more generically. So board, right? So there's a board on top here, laying on the floor like this, like I'm lay it's on the ground, right? So there's a board on top and this is the board that goes the other way. So I am holding this board in place like that, right? Like this kind of, and now that I see the holes in my finger, it lines up, right? So the other board is here. And because of my positioning and being left, being with my left hand, I've got the nail gun like this instead of like that. Mm. So when it, I put the first nail in and it kicks on me and my natural instincts is a pushback because it's my offhand. I pulled the trigger again, but it skips. So right here is the nail going like that. So it hit enough of the wood to, to, override the safety feature that the tip needs to be depressed for the nail gun to actually shoot a nail. And it like, literally you can see right here that that's exactly what it did. Cause you can see my, the holes are like lining right up. Oh, so this is holding. like the board in question. No, it's not the board. No, the board's no, on the no, wall. Nearly, not nearly it's just a two by four. They're all two by all four. Right. So, all yeah. right. All right. All right. Uh, but this is, you can see the holes as I'm holding this, the holes line up on my fingers. You sure do. Yeah. So that's exactly how it fucking happened, right? Like that. Well, forensic recreation right there. Yeah. So, like, so beyond holding my hand in the direction a nail would go, which was dumb, the other problem is because of being left-handed and being on the last board of the line, the nail gun is parallel with the floor instead of perpendicular to the floor, right? So when it skips, it can move to the space where there is no nail instead of going down into the floor and just putting another nail basically in the same spot. That's how it happened. But so the next two funny things are while I'm at the, e while I'm at the urgent care and they're numbing up my fingers, my date from Monday texts me and says, it was really nice meeting you, blah, blah, blah. I don't feel any romantic connection literally while I'm laying on the bed at the urgent care, I get the ding on my watch, turn my watch and just start laughing at the doctor. And the <laughs> doctor's like, what's so funny? I'm like, uh, my date from last night just told me there's no connection. Uh, and I replied to her telling her like, you have impeccable timing. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I am at urgent care getting my fingers numb. Cause I put a nail through them. Like, and you literally told me that while I'm finally getting pain relief in my fingers. Like, <laughs> I mean, you just, I mean, if you're collecting one L, you might as well collect yeah. them all in one. So I got, a, right? I got a good laugh out of that. I'm like, I knew this was coming because I like messaged her last night and didn't hear boo. And I'm like, well, she's just figuring out what to tell me, right? Like, it's not going to be good. Um, so that happened. Then I get home after all this is done. Took like five hours, right? And I'm still like, the plumber's coming tomorrow. I need to finish this wall. So I finished the wall, but on the middle board on the other end, I had another double tap. And it went through the floorboard, but it's just sticking out. It didn't hit two by the other two by four. And I'm sitting there looking at myself going, Jesus Christ, I almost had to go back to the ER because one went in my fucking foot. <laughs> Uh, could you could you imagine being the intern the intake uh, person at the urgent care going we, we just saw you and you're like no now i'm back <laughs> you're like you're never gonna guess what that's kind of like yeah, yeah. Charlie guess, got, where, got, guess where the nail is yeah. this time i had a bad tuesday too i had to come home from las vegas it's always, <laughs> a, it's always a super sad day yeah 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 i'm sure yeah i'm sure i'm sure that's on par with my tuesday since i uh -huh. I probably hit my deductible in one fucking day. I'm really excited to pay for that. But I did win $450 on a Game of Thrones slot at I'm the sure airport. You at really the did. airport. At the airport? Nice. <laughs> I've still never been to Las Vegas. If you're asking me, you're not missing much, but you'll get a different answer from Dustin. <sighs> we shall see. So, um, hmm. 
what i don't know what else we want to talk about I, aren't we going to talk about all the pairwise stuff we just spent like a half an hour doing it before the podcast yeah, started. Yeah, that is yeah. a good point we should talk about what we think is going to happen with this bracket and where we think we're going to go even though none of that really well, matters until selection sunday well let's talk about let's start with the probability matrix yes let's talk about if we're going to go first right so before the probability matrix ran on Saturday night after Michigan Tech's loss, I was convinced that our odds were going to go drastically down, like 95% instead of the 99.9. I was wrong. And the biggest reason I am wrong is because it takes a lot of other particular events to happen for multiple hockey East teams to leapfrog Michigan tech. Because in a tournament they're playing each other. Somebody has to lose. Yeah. And no matter who wins between like if Lowell beats UMass Lowell UMass probably falls behind us and UMass Lowell comes in front of us, but they can't basically it's almost impossible for UMass, Lowell, and Northeastern all to leapfrog us. And they are the are all this all to end up above us. And that's what has to happen for Michigan Tech to get bounced. Along with Bemidji State winning, not Quinnipiac winning, and I forget what the other I think those are the two big ones because the rest don't really matter, right? Yeah. Um, uh, it's UConn not winning if you didn't mention that, but but I mean, but that's like the last one, but of those. UConn. I'm not, I'm not talking about the Friday events, which we can talk about too. We should talk about that. Um, but the only way for Lowell basically, it's not only does Michigan, does Lowell, Northeastern, and UMass have to win in particular ways for all of them to end up above us, but on top of that, there have to be two upsets in the other games like Quinnipiac losing or um, Bemidji winning in order for Tech to be up. And that's why it's still at 99.9%. I went through a bunch of comparisons to figure it out. There are actually um, results this weekend that will result in Michigan Tech being in and the margin being even closer than Minnesota Duluth, Minnesota was however many years ago that was. I don't even know anymore when that was. But but Minnesota went into this last weekend being a 99.9% chance of getting in and they found like the one result where they are out and they were out by uh, what? Uh, 0.0001. Yeah, there's a possibility that Michigan Tech is in and both Michigan Tech and I forget if it was Lowell or UMass have the same RPI to four digits. So it's a fifth digit that determines who has the better RPI in that case and gets in. But the way Michigan Tech ends up out is they are 0.0001 worse than one of the two. I can't remember which. Um but the whole reason I thought it was more like 5% is because I didn't expect whoever loses to Connecticut in the Hockey East Championship to be penalized enough to fall back behind us after jumping ahead of us when they win Friday. If Lowell or uh, if Lowell did that, like I did not expect Lowell to beat UMass and lose to Connecticut and, and be out. I thought they would do that and still be in. But I'm, but now that I'm thinking about it, with how close that is, I'm not surprised I was wrong because even though you beat the good team, you lose to the bad team of the two, and that should bring your RPI down compared to what it was before you started. Especially neutral site where it's neither team is at home in either game, and all that stuff. So that's why we're at ninety nine point nine percent. Now part of that. Uh, let me find our other chat here where I posted that for us to remember. So what, basically what I did is I found a handful of combinations that were out. There aren't that many, honestly, um, but there's enough that we're not 100%. 
So there are four games Friday afternoon that start. They started, I think, is it 4 p.m. Eastern or 3 p.m. Eastern? I forget. But they start basically by 7 o'clock Eastern. There's a 95% chance that Michigan Tech has punched their ticket, whatever you want to say. I know the guys, some of the guys on Twitter don't like that phrase because nobody punches tickets anymore. But, but uh, the QR code gets scanned. I don't fucking know what you want me to say now. Like it, it, We still say album. Nobody gets a fucking album anymore either. Whatever. That's not true. Vinyls are on the rise again. Okay, they, Sure, they are. But, but we call a bunch of things albums that are just an offshoot of a record, not an actual record anymore. Um, so there's four games Friday afternoon in order, in order for Michigan tech to still have a chance of not being in as of 7 PM, uh, central, I guess, since that's probably about the time the Duluth game ends is for if, if any of the, these four teams do not win, if any of these four teams win, we are in all of them have to lose Friday afternoon's game in order for the possibility to still exist for Tech to be out. It's UConn, Quinnipiac, Mercyhurst, and Duluth. Now, granted, only one of those is supposed to win by Cratch or seeding or anything, but the odds of all four of those teams losing is something like 95, uh, is like 5% of the time that all four, of the, that, that this how close the matchups are that like, Five percent of the time, all of those teams lose. So essentially, we just need Quinnipiac to be Colgate. Yeah, that's makes me feel pretty good. <laughs> but I, I mean, the odds of Quinnipiac or UConn, like I don't expect Mercyhurst to win. But the other three games, Quinnipiac clearly the favorite. I don't think UMD or UConn are that much of an underdog in either of them. In reality, especially when you're talking neutral site, nobody's got a home ice advantage in these four matchups. So I think you got to feel pretty good that by seven o'clock central, we're going to know that tech's it. Now, granted, as we go along more, there's more that I haven't gone in further to tell you this, but basically I can, we can in the, in the link, we'll post how Michigan tech is out. Um, but it basically requires, uh, yeah, I don't see Quinnipiac losing to Colgate, but it could happen. Uh, but yeah, if that happens, if Quinnipiac wins, we're in because you can't, um, it just, there's not enough other things that happen that help um, the Hockey East team stay above us or and get those hope, extra thousands. And even if everything goes bad, we still have Mankato. Mankato wins, we're in. Yeah, right, right, but but we don't have to go in like there are plenty of opportunities even in the late games Friday for us to still have something happen that prevents all the scenarios mm-hmm. in that point one percent. Right. So, but if, but it if is, everything if everything goes wrong Saturday night, yeah, we still have Mankato. Yeah, <laughs> I guess yeah, because everything else would be. Everything would be done by then. We can, yeah. you know, pretty much everything that matters would be done at that point. And then it's like, but I, okay. I mean, even then, I think going Go into Mams. the Saturday night game, I'm pretty sure we can't be out if UMass wins. So between UMass and Quinnipiac, like those two games on their own, I think that's a really good, just looking at those two games, you got to put your confidence very high that. By Friday night, the end of Friday night, we will know in in the affirmative that we're in. Uh, we'll share the one possibility where they're out. Uh, and then, Dustin, you said that our current RPI, which isn't going to change much, was in your historical was good enough for seventh to fourteenth. Historically, it was in the range of seven to fourteen. Yes, okay. so that's a pretty big range, but yeah, and a lot of that's. Uh, a lot of that's just because some years there really isn't the the cream of the crop that we're seeing. Like it's it's just more even some years than others, right? Right, and you get you get, but I think most years you get like from that ten to sixteen range, things become very muddled. There's yeah. not a lot of difference between those teams. The bubble is 
I mean, a team on one side of the bubble compared to a team on the other side of the bubble, I mean, there's not a lot of difference. Did that wrong. And yeah, we're looking at. Yeah, there's a bit of a cliff right there that UMass can lose, but yeah, nobody else. But yeah. So anyway, back to our brackets that we kind of went through. So we went through and did a Cratch favorite bracket where the whoever had the highest Cratch rating as of today won the game because more than likely whoever, if you won the semifinal, your Cratch should still remain higher than whoever your opponent would be in the final. I'm not going to, I don't know. I don't know how to calculate Cratch myself. So I, it's not like I can manipulate that and calculate what the new Cratch would be after the first, after Friday's games. But this is the result of that. Um, we've got Michigan, Minnesota State, Denver, Quinnipiac, UMass, and American International winning their conference tournaments. Uh, so because there's no real upsets, Ohio State gets in all the way down at 15. Michigan Tech's at 12th seat. Dustin, our uh, bracketologist, went through. we went through this before we started recording. And we came up with uh, Michigan Tech being in Albany with Western Michigan Northeastern in one matchup and Quinnipiac and Michigan Tech in the other. Uh, I will tell you right now that of all the brackets we did, other than the one that would have Michigan Tech out, this is my favorite. Uh, I would... uh, I might stick another nail in my hand if it meant we got Quinnipiac in a regional. I, I think I'd be really happy <laughs> about that, honestly. Um, yeah, I'd like how we'd match up against them. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a matchup that Joe would like to have. Um, maybe not from a familiarity standpoint, but certainly from a uh, like the like from a defensive standpoint. It's 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 not a game that you expect to be high scoring it's, at all. It's and that's, not going that's, to be a very entertaining game to watch. No, but if we win, I don't really care how entertaining it is. <laughs> it's kind of like Mike Eves playing against a wall. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It and it's not a. Um, how do I put it? Michigan Tech is not playing who the bracket by default says they should be playing because uh, there was a couple swaps. I forget what what was the third swap we did. Or did this one only have the two? We swapped. (laughs) Well, we swapped Minnesota from being in Albany to being in Loveland so that Quinnipiac could be in Albany and help with attendance, right? Yeah, and we also moved the 8-9 Massachusetts game to Worcester to help attendance in Worcester. And we did a Minnesota Duluth for Allentown, Mm -hmm. and then we swapped Lowell and Ohio State to get Lowell in Worcester as well. Yep. So we did quite a bit to try to try to improve attendance, but we kind of thought that that's what the committee is going to do because well, I, attendance we all, is going to be awful unless they find a way to get some Eastern teams to We all agree that the, that the committee is going to do everything they can to get the limited amount of Eastern teams that make the tournament in one of the three Eastern regionals, right? And, and I agree with what a lot that has been said in a lot of the, the USCHO bracketology articles yeah. that they're not going to be able to get all three Eastern regionals good and allentown is probably going to be a sacrificial lamb and it's just going to suck no matter what yeah from an attendance standpoint the best the best chance they have from an attendance standpoint as you kind of mentioned is uh when we were going through this is somehow convincing penn state fans to go watch big 10 schools and putting other... schools that have national followings there. Michigan and Notre Dame have alumni all over the place. So you put them in Allentown, there's going to be Notre Dame alumni that are in the New York City area, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's a national alumni base. 
and 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 I agree with you that Allentown's the sacrificial lamb because the Eastern fans tend to be very cynical about travel, and you're not going to get a lot of Lowell, Massachusetts, Northeastern fans traveling to Allentown. You're just because because of their attitude towards travel versus They'd have to drive through two states to get there. I know. Why would we? Why would they ever want to do that? Even though that drive is. Well, it might be more annoying, but it's shorter than my drive to Houghton from the cities, right? Like, yeah. It's only a couple hours. Uh, so moving on, we also did a higher seed bracket, which doesn't change a ton, but it changes enough that we have uh, everybody's favorite possible matchup in the first round where Michigan Tech, as a 13 seed, ends up in Allentown facing Michigan as a number two seed. Uh, this one didn't have this is the one that had barely any switching right it was just uh, the four seeds that were not American International all got shifted around for attendance um, yep. we moved Massachusetts to Worcester Ohio State to Loveland and Tech ended up in Allentown because of that switch yeah originally the way that matched up Ohio State was matched up with Michigan yeah. 2 versus 15 and that couldn't happen so we had to move Ohio State somewhere yeah, and it made the most sense to make a three-way swap, which moved yeah. also moved UMass Lowell to Worcester. Yeah, I think the biggest issue I have with all of this is, uh, in general, is UMass Lowell and UMass have not earned the right to be in Worcester, so they should just be stuck wherever the hell they are. Yeah, because they're, they're going to be in Worcester. I know. But they shouldn't because they're like three and four seeds. Like they, they, but we all know that the committee, like the committee has not had problems with that recently because they're trying to help attendance to convince these regionals to keep hosting. I wish they had figured that out a little bit earlier in the process to help the Western regionals actually still have decent competition of where. Which is be. why I want the attendance in Allentown to be absolutely atrocious. So then they decide they don't want to bid anymore. Yeah, which forces the NCA to deal with their issues, especially if Loveland also struggles and uh, and you're stuck again with North Dakota bidding in Fargo and Sioux Falls, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we went through and actually predicted what we thought was going to happen with all the games left. And that ended up with Minnesota State, Minnesota, Minnesota Duluth, UMass Lowell, Clarkson, and American International as the uh, automatic qualifiers. Cut line went all the way down to 15 in that case. And Northeastern was the last team in trumping Ohio State who fell to 16 and got knocked out. So in this case, uh, while I enjoy the idea of being in Loveland, I do not like this bracket at all. Michigan Tech yeah. up, Michigan Tech ended up in Loveland facing number five North Dakota. Well, uh, and if they somehow managed to win that game, they would play the winner of number four Denver and number thirteen UMass. That would be the um, death bracket. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the bracket of death. Uh, I don't really want to be in that one. I like the idea of being in Loveland because obviously I think uh, Colorado is probably the uh, the prettiest place to spend the off day that we could get out of the regionals this year. Uh, but uh, uh, have you have you seen Allentown in March? <laughs> yeah, but the off day doesn't involve traveling in a bunch of hours to go watch another hockey game. That's true. <laughs> Uh, no, I and and I I don't I guess I don't know if we said this on the podcast yet or not or if that was pre-tape, but uh, I love the idea of I think the ideal situation for Michigan Tech is to somehow end up in Worcester, but because of where they're seated and where things are likely to fall, with uh, other East Coast teams being in the same band they're in, it's very unlikely they end up in Worcester because of that. Yeah, I'd say it's about 45% Allentown, 45% Loveland, and 5% Albany, 5% Worcester. I don't even know if I put I, – yeah. Or maybe, I feel, like, maybe I feel even, like Albany's higher than that. Maybe 10% Albany, I, I 0% put, Worcester. Yeah, I, I, would, I would think it's like 
shoot, if we end up in Worcester, then it's going to be less expensive for me to just get a hotel for that entire week and bring my work laptop than it is to fly back. Yeah. So, I yeah, I don't. I like the idea of being in Loveland, but I don't. I I don't know how you end up there. Well, I haven't fiddled with it enough because it's hard to fiddle with the bracket or the the results this weekend enough, and then take the time to do your bracketology mm-hmm. each time I mean, to figure. If you out. look at the teams around North Dakota that you could potentially slide in there instead of North Dakota, you could end up with like Western Michigan in yeah. Loveland. Or even, um, I mean, Minnesota. If Minnesota loses to Michigan, maybe Minnesota ends up being the two yeah. seed in, in Loveland. Like, mm-hmm. there's some other options. I I, thought I wouldn't want to play Minnesota right now. They're on a little bit of a hot streak. Yeah. Worst case scenario, maybe, is Denver slides to the five seed and you get Denver in Loveland. That would be. <laughs> probably worse <laughs> yeah which is certainly possible i forget how that oh i think if north dakota beats duluth in the championship that would happen where north dakota and denver would flip yeah that might be that might be worse but <laughs> i think if there's if i'm looking at the bracket and i'm picking say say the top three teams I don't want to play. It's Denver, North Dakota, Minnesota. Okay. Minnesota's on a, Minnesota's on it. Minnesota's on a heater right now. I don't want to play Minnesota State, but we also can't play Minnesota State in the yeah, first round. Yeah, we can't round, play. So, um, Denver, uh, Denver is I, I feel is just not going to work out well. Like I feel like we don't match up with Denver. I I think you're right. I think you've got the three teams. I I feel like Minnesota's third though yeah probably with with Duluth probably shortly after that just because Duluth always has some sort of horseshoe up their ass this time of year (laughs) and and the good news is I don't I don't think it's possible that we we end up with Duluth unless somebody unless unless somehow we have to in this bracket tech is 12 and Duluth is seven that's not that far away from no potentially being a matchup uh it's not, but the problem is, yeah, I, it, I guess it all depends on how it plays out. It's possible, but um, the, yeah, I guess it's possible, but it, it, I don't know if it, if uh, like tech's not likely to get to 11 and Duluth is not likely to get to, to six. And unless it's, didn't we have t- tech? I thought we had Tech at 11 in one of the other brackets we did. I don't think so. Oh, maybe not. I, think we're I, like, thought, I thought one that I saw at one point had Tech at 11. I think I, it's possible for Tech to be 11, but I'm not sure it's possible for Tech to be 11 and, and Duluth, Duluth to, to still be 7. Yeah. I think Duluth needs to lose for that to happen, but I don't know. I forget. I think Dustin's pretty close. I would say you're like 50% to go to Loveland or 50% to go to Allentown, 40% to go to Loveland, and like 10% to go to Albany, and negligible chance of ending up in Worcester. That's probably right. Just because where Tech is supposed to be, they're likely in the same band as some combination of Northeastern, UMass, and Lowell. And there's no way that that spot is going to get given to Tech if they can put one of those other teams in Worcester. As much as I think Worcester is the the most convenient and easiest travel for fans, I don't think it's going to happen. I will not be traveling to regionals. Yeah. Because I was traveling last week for fun. I'm traveling all this week for work, and there's like a 50% chance of traveling all next week for work. So So the decision has been made for you. You don't have to uh, I don't have a choice in the fret matter, over this decision. No. Even though I'm guessing you kind of wouldn't have anyway. I probably wouldn't have, no. Uh, yeah. I, I know we talked about this a little bit, but I just don't. Um, I'm probably going to go and just have fun watching regionals, which is why I'd love to be in 
in uh, Albany or yeah. Worcester where it makes it easier to just go and watch three, four days of hockey. Although right. I don't know how much tickets are to both regionals to know, like, do I really want to drop $200, $300 on hockey game attendance ability? Although, uh, considering how much, how much to get out there. Yeah. Well, but uh, although I, I am a member of the media, so I can probably pull off a press pass to one of them. <laughs> if not Shit, both of all them. of us are if you want to get that technical but yeah, yeah we'll have to see about that um so yeah we'll have to see what happens on that but i yeah i'm not sure i want to drop you know 60 dollars per session per regional to go to four sessions but we'll see i i think that would be fun i think it'd be a very fucking fun weekend to to come yeah, to worcester too. and and uh and albany it makes it nice and easy that they're that close that you and like that's one thing you can do this year because of the 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 day off. And I know when I first posted my concern about actually investing all this money, I know I had uh, Jashvina Shah say something about uh, don't go. All the all the regionals are in like boring places, and I yeah, have I an off that. day. And I was like, I don't think you understand how much us Western people don't mind a couple hour drive. Like, right. Like, yeah, two hours in the car sounds like a relaxing day. I went to yeah, like, and back on Sunday, <laughs> especially if I'm like in a car with like you and your brother and Matt yeah. and we're just hauling from Albany to Worcester and back and forth a couple times. Yeah. Like that sounds like a fun little road trip. I mean, there's that. And I've never also, been. I don't think people that are out east and live in exciting cities understand that if if you've got like a bowling alley and a movie theater, we'll make it work. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you know, it's not a big yeah. deal for us, you know. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, Dustin and I had fun in a bar in a basement somewhere in DC, didn't we? And that way we ran into like shit. Even if you got one decent Jacob bar, we're having a great time. Yeah, like uh, club coach or something. Uh, we did that. Yeah, that that happened. Yeah, that did happen. That was isn't that the night that we hung out with ping pong? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was a very fun oh, night. That's a good callback. Yeah, that's a good that's a good story. We can save that for the summer sometime. One minute remaining in the podcast. Uh, anything else, guys? Uh, I think oh. we're good to call it on our short with air quotes podcast. It still managed to be an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah. Totally true. I'm glad we didn't record the first half hour that we talked. Yeah, that would have been good Patreon content, but I understand. <laughs> well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash tech hockey guide. Uh, we have, uh, I think, five different levels now, varying from $2 all the way up to $50 a month. Uh, you can go to go to that page to check it out. But basically, we've got uh, Zoom chats that we try to do at least quarterly with various uh, people connected to Michigan Tech where you guys can come in and ask questions. And it's all off the record for just those of us listening. The black level, $5 a month, you get extra podcast content, uh, including extended versions of pretty much every podcast that I don't shove a nail through a couple fingers. Uh, At the gold level, you receive access to our unfiltered YouTube video of the podcast. And then at the, uh, the silver level that we've now got two patrons at, you're going to get the unfiltered audio that comes out basically as soon as it's done being processed by the computer. So you get the earliest access of everybody plus discounts on jerseys and more. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Chasing MacPod and at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page when I actually post stuff for you to ask. I didn't do that today because I didn't really think we needed any, and we didn't. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and please uh, leave us a review. Give us five stars. Leave uh, leave a comment of what you think of the podcast. If you do that, Dustin will read the review on the podcast. Uh, once again, thanks to our sponsors, Fibke Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, and Livonia Technical Services. Special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our introduction and our patron saint, Doc McRezen, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Finally, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com.
You've been listening to the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA.